ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. The Morrison years are now very much officially over. Yesterday, the former Prime Minister gave his final speech to the House of Representatives, marking the end of a 17-year career in Parliament. Scott Morrison made references to Scripture, the Cronulla Sharks and even Taylor Swift. Now, as he enters his post-politics era... What does it mean for the party he once led to a miracle election, in his own words? Susan Lee is the Deputy Opposition Leader and she's my guest this morning. Welcome back to the program. Good morning, Patricia. The the seat of Cook will soon go to a a by-election itself. There is still a pre-selection contest. Should a woman replace Scott Morrison as the Liberal candidate? I make no secret of the fact that I want women in positions in this building and in politics more broadly, whether it be local, state, federal government, or even as community leaders, Patricia. I'm not going to issue instructions to the New South Wales Division about who they should pre-select via your program, but I am going to say that we have pre-selected some pretty amazing women in the last few months, including Giselle Capitarian in North Sydney, not that far from Cook, including Susie Bauer in Lyons in Tasmania. I've recently come back from the Northern Territory and spent time with Leah Finocchiaria, our opposition leader there, an extraordinary dynamic young woman who I think can take the CLP to victory. And I could go on. So um, yes, there are outstanding women across the country and I am sending a message to all of them that the Liberal Party is the party that can support your communities, the aspirations of those communities, okay. the future of the families that you care about. But the, the front runners, it appears, are men in this seat. Why is that the case? Well, look, commentators are always talking about front runners here and people that are coming from behind there. I, I just are don't focus wrong? on that. I, I don't focus on that because that's not something I would be able to actually comment on. Um, this is a process. You nominate, you go through a pre-selection process, and at the end of that, we have a candidate. And we trust that the candidate that is selected is the best person to represent the seat. And as I said, um, not every candidate can be a woman. And I've met some men who've recently been pre-selected. I spent time in the seat of Benelong with Scott Young, um, a Chinese-Australian who was incredibly well-received, young Chinese Australian man as we walk the streets there of um, that part of Sydney. So the the point here, Patricia, is that when it comes to women in the Liberal Party, our state divisions have listened to the message from the Hume Lochnane Review post the last election and we're heading in a good direction. Okay. This weekend is the Dunkley by-election. There is a cost of living crisis, according to a couple of polls. The, the Prime Minister's uh, rating, particularly on trust, is diminishing with those conditions, if you don't win that seat, isn't that a problem for the party? It's a 6% margin. That's significant. We look forward to making inroads in that margin, but it's a tough ask to actually achieve that full 6%. So what I say when I stand beside our candidate, Nathan Conroy, is we have a liar in the lodge. We have a man leading this country who is weak and who you cannot trust. And contrast that. And Patricia, as I stood there with Nathan Conroy at the pre-poll booth last week, people came up time and again and talked about the cost of living crisis. They came up to Nathan and said, mate, I can't pay my rent. What am I going to do about it? There's no doubt. So doesn't that mean you must win this seat? If that's the case, the benchmark has to be that you have to win this seat, isn't it? Uh, 
I'm not putting benchmarks. I'm simply saying we've got a great candidate. We'll leave nothing on the field. It's a significant margin. Obviously, the previous member um, departed in sad and tragic circumstances. So our job at every election, at every by-election, is to put forward a good candidate to work bloody hard to get our team out there and to make the case. And I want to say that we've been doing that. We've made the case. And as I walk the streets of Frankston, people are struggling under Anthony Albanese's cost of living crisis. As I said, they might not put it in such elegant terms as we do in a discussion like this, but when people can't pay their rent, when they can't fill up their supermarket trolley, when they have to choose between... If all of that is the case, that is actually the point I'm coming to. If all of that is the case and there is a, a, a list of grievance that you describe... These are the preconditions where you must win a seat like this. I mean, if, if the strategy of winning the suburbs, as as is set out by your leader, is to work, this is the seat you have to win, right? People have a choice and we want them to make a choice that supports their aspiration, their community and what they see as the contrast between our two parties. But I still come back to the politics of it, Patricia. It's a tough ask. It's 6%. That's a significant margin. But what we know is that we're doing every single thing we can to actually take this up to Anthony Albanese and to win the seat. Have you been coordinating with, with, uh, because this is a big question, have you been coordinating with the group Advance in the seat? Because they're spending quite a lot, it seems, on trying to... No, not at all. Not at all. What, What we want to do in order to win any seat, and as I said, in any contest, we try to win. Of course we do. We don't always get there, but we, we want to make inroads into this margin to prove the point to Anthony Albanese. But to win, you need primary votes. Working out uh, other deals with other minor parties who have other asks during an election campaign is not the way to go. We want primary votes. We want to put Nathan Conroy number one, and that's what um, we would ask and are asking every single person to do. Susan Lee, the gender pay gap uh, figures have come out. Your colleague... Matt Canavan called the data divisive and said it was an Andrew Tate recruitment drive um, material. Is that something you agree with? Well, I was asked about this yesterday, Patricia, and I said I disagree with his comments. I Why do you disagree? Them. Uh, because they're wrong. I'm taking this issue seriously. Matt Canavan is a National Party backbencher. I'm the most senior woman in the opposition. And you know, you're asking me about the views of one man. I'm not going to take my focus off the underperforming corporates who are profiting off women and not promoting women. I'm not going to take my focus off the corporates who've put big money into social campaigns like The Voice, but they're not backing women in their organisations. That's what this is about. That's what I'm focused on. And I'm pleased that the scrutiny that we said we would apply to these companies that's happening today and this week is because of policies we put in place while we were in government. Maurice Payne was my predecessor in the women's portfolio for the Liberals and we implemented $18 million to implement the recommendations of the review that the Workplace Gender Equality Agency has done. So this is important work and I'm putting corporates in this country on notice. You can't stop at putting on a morning tea. The working women of Australia deserve more than cupcakes. They deserve a promotion. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's a pleasure. Deputy Opposition Leader Susan Lee there, and you're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.